0: Section One of Black Experience in America, Eighteenth to Twentieth Century. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ex Slave James Bolton by W. P. A., U.S.A. Recording by Marianne Spiegel Black Experience in America. 18th to 20th Century, by various authors. Section 1. Testimony from Slave Narratives, A Folk History of Slavery in the United States, from Interviews with Former Slaves, Volume 4, Georgia Narratives, Part 1, 1936-1938. By the Works Progress Administration. Ex-Slave Interview. James Bolton, Athens, Georgia. Written by Mrs. Sarah H. Hall, Federal Writer's Project, Residency 4, Athens, Georgia. Edited by Miss Maud Berrigan, Residency 13, Augusta, Georgia. It never was the same on our plantation, Attaweed laid mistis away, said James Bolton, Eighty-five-year-old mulatto ex-slave. I ain't never forget what mistis did, she had been so good to every nigger on our plantation. When we got sick, Mistis Allis had us tended to. The niggers on our plantation all walked to church to hear her funeral sermon, and then walked to the graveyard to the buryin. James, shriveled and wrinkled, with his bright eyes taking in everything on one of his rare visits to town, seemed glad of the chance to talk about slavery days he spoke of his owner as my employer and hastily corrected himself by saying i means my master my employer i means my master and my mistess they was sure all right white folkses he continued they lived in a big house it was all painted brown i heard tell there was more than 900 acres in our plantation and lots of folkses lived on it the biggest portion was Woods, my pa he was named Whitfield Bolton, and Liza Bolton was my ma, Charlie Edmund, Thomas, and James Bolton was my brothers and I had one sister, she was Rosa. We belonged to Mars Whitfield Bolton, and we lived on his plantation in Oglethorpe County near Lexington, not far from the Wilkes County line we stayed in a one-room log cabin with a dirt floor a frame made out in pine poles was fastened to the wall to hold up the mattresses our mattresses was made out in cotton bagging stuffed with wheat straw our kivers was quilts made out in old clothes slave omens too old to work in the fields made the quilts ma she went up to the big house once a week to get the allowance or vittles They allowance us a week's rations at a time. Hit were generally hog meat, corn meal, and sometimes a little flour. Ma, she done our cookin' on the coals in the fireplace at our cabin. We had plenty of possums and rabbits and fishes, and sometimes we had wild turkeys and partridges. Slaves weren't sposin' to go huntin' at night, and everybody know you can't catch no possums settin' at night. Just the same— we had plenty of possums, and nobody acts how we caught em. James laughed and nodded. Now, bout them rabbits. Slaves weren't allowed to have no guns and no dogs of they own. All the dogs on our plantation belonged to my employer, I means, to my marster, and he allowed us to use his dogs to run down the rabbits. "'Niggermens and boys ud go in crowds, sometimes as many as twelve at one time, and a rabbit ain't got no chance gainst a lot of niggers and dogs when they light out for to run em down. What wild critters we wanted to eat and couldn't run down, we was right smart bout catching in traps. We caught a lot of wild turkeys and partridges in traps and nets. Long crick run through our plantation, and the river warn't no fur piece off. We sho sure did catch the fishes, most the cats, and perch and heaps and heaps of suckers. We cotch our fishes, most generally with hook and line, but the carpenters on our plantation knowed how to make basket traps that sure enough did lay in the fishes. God only knows how long it's been since this old nigger pulled a big shad out of the river. Ain't no shad's been caught on the river round here in so long. I disremembers when. We didn't have no gardens of our own round our cabins. My employer, I means my master, had one big garden for the whole plantation, and all his niggers had to work in it, whensomever he wanted em to. Then he give em all plenty of good garden sass for thyselves. There was colliards and cabbage and turnips and beets and English peas and beans and onions, and there was all as some garlic for ailments. Garlic was mostly to cure worms. They roasted garlic in the hot ashes and squeezed the juice out in it, and made the chillens take it. "'Sometimes they made poultices out in garlic for the pneumonia. "'We saved a heap of bark from wild cherry and poplar "'and black haw and slippery elm trees, "'and we dried out mullein leaves. "'They was all mixed and brewed to make bitters. "'When some ever near got sick, them bitters was good for... "'Well, ma'am, they was good for what ailed em. "'We took them for rheumatiz, for fever, "'and for the misery in the stomach, "'and for most all sorts of sickness.' red oak bark tea was good for sore throat i never seed no store-bought clothes twill long adder freedom done come one slave woman done all the weaving in a separate room called the loom house the cloth was dyed with home-made colouring they used indigo for blue red oak bark for brown greed husks often walnicks, walnuts for black and sumacs for red and they'd mix these colours to make other colours Other slave omens larned to sew, and they made all the clothes. And during the summer-time we just wore shirts and pants made out of plain cotton cloth. They wove wool in with the cotton to make cloth for our winter-clothes. The wool was raised right thar on our plantation. We had our own shoemaker-man. He was a slave named Buck Bolton, and he made all the shoes the niggers on our plantation wore. I weren't nothin' but chillin' when freedom come. In slavery time, chillens warn't loud to do no wuk, cause the marsters wanted they niggas to grow up big and strong, and didn't want em stunted none. That's how come I didn't get no more beatins than I did. My employer, I means my marster, never did give me but one lickin'. He had done told me to watch the cows and keep em in the pasture. I caught lots of grasshoppers and started fishin' in the creek runnin' through the pasture, and fust thing I knowed, the overseer was roundin' up all the other niggers to get the cows out in the cornfields. I knowed then my time had done come. James was enjoying the spotlight now, and his audience did not have to prompt him. Plantation recollections crowded together in his old mind. "'We had one overseer at a time,' he says, "'and he allus lived at the big house. The overseers weren't quality white folkses.' like our marster and mistis but we never heard nothin bout poor white trash in them days and effin we had heard somethin like that we'd had known better'n to let marster hear us make such talk marster's made us call his overseer mister we had one overseer named mr andrew smith and another time we had an overseer named mr pope short overseers was just there on the business of gettin the work done they seed at everybody doin' his walk, cordin' to order. My employer, I means, my marster, never allowed no overseer to whoop none of his niggers. Master done all the whoopin' on the plantation hisself. He never did make no big bruises, and he never drawed no blood, but he sho sure could burn em up with a lash. Niggers on our plantation was whooped for laziness, mostly. Next to that, whoopins was for stealin' eggs and chickens, they fed us good, and plenty but a nigger's just bound to pick up chickens and eggs ef'n he kin, no matter how much he done eat. He just can't help it. Ef'n a nigger ain't busy, he gwine to get into mischief. Now and then slaves had run away, and go in the woods, and dig dens, and live in them. Sometimes they runned away on count of cruel treatment, but most of the time they runned away, casin they just didn't want to walk, and wanted to laze around for a spell." The marsters allus put the dogs atter em, and get em back. They had black and brown dogs called nigger hounds that weren't used for nothin' but to track down niggers. There wa'n't no such place as a jail, where we was. After a nigger done sump'nay disorderly, they just naturally took a lash to him. I ain't never seed no nigger in chains, twill long after freedom done come, when I seed them in the chain gangs. The overseer woke us up at sunrise, leastin they call it sunrise. We would finish our vittles and be in the fields ready for walk before we seed any sun. We laid off walk at sunset, and they didn't drive us hard. Leastwise, they didn't on our plantation. I done heard there was mouty Hard on em on other plantations. My master never did allow his niggers to walk after sundown. My employer, I means my master, didn't have no bell he had em blow bugles to wake up his hands and to call him from the fields. Sometimes the overseer blowed it. Mistis done larned the cook to count the clock, but none of the rest of our niggers could count the clock. I never know master to sell but one slave, and he had just bought her from the market at New Orleans. She say it lonesome, off on the plantation, and asked master for to sell her to folkses livin' in town. Adder he done sold her, Every time he got to town she beg him to buy her back, but he didn't pay her no more attention. When they had sales of slaves on the plantations, they let everybody know what time the sale gwine to be. When the crowd get together, they put the niggers on the block and sell 'em. Leastwise, they call it puttin' on the block. They just fotch em out and show em and sell em. There warn't no church for niggers on our plantation, and we went to white folks' church, and listened to the white preachers. "'We set behind a partition. "'Sometimes on a plantation, "'a nigger claim he done been called to preach, "'and even he can get his master's consent, "'he can preach round under trees and in cabins "'when taint walk-time. "'These nigger preachers in slavery times "'was called chair-backers. "'They warn't no chair-backers to baptize none of marsters, niggers. "'White preachers done our baptism in Long Crick. "'When we went to be baptized, they allus sang amazing grace how sweet the sound the old negro's quavery voice rose in the familiar song for a moment he sat thinking of those long ago sundays his eyes brightened again and he went on we never done no walk on sundays on our plantation the church was about nine miles from the plantation and we all walked there anybody too old and feeble to walk the nine miles just stayed home case a master didn't allow his mules used none on sunday all along the way niggers from other plantations adjain us and sometimes before we get to the church-house they be forty or fifty slaves comin' along the road in a crowd Preachin' generally lasted tweel about three o'clock in summer time we had dinner on the ground at the church howsomever we didn't have no barbecue like they does now everybody cooked enough on sad day and fotched it in baskets I was thirty years old when I jined the church. Nobody ought to join no church, twilst he is truly born to God, and effin' he is truly born to God, he gwine know it. Effin' you want a restin' place, adder you leaves this old world, you ought to get ready for it now. When folkses on our plantation died, Master all let many of us as wanted to go, lay off and walk, twill out of the buryin'. Sometimes it were two or three months out of the buryin before the funeral sermon was preached. Right now, I can't recollect no song we sung at funerals. Sip 'em, hark from the tombs a doleful sound. The reedy old voice carried the funeral hymn for a few minutes and then trailed off. James was thinking back into the past again. Spring plowin' and hoein' times, we worked all day. Sad days, but most generally we laid off work at twelve o'clock Saturday. That was dinner time. Saturday nights we played and danced, sometimes in the cabins, sometimes in the yards. F- and we didn't have a big stack of fat kindling wood lit up to dance by. Sometimes the men's and omens would carry torches of kindling wood whilst they danced, and it sure was a sight to see. We danced the turkey trot and buzzard lope, and how we did love to dance the Mary Jane. We would get in a ring, and when the music started, we would begin walkin off foototses while we sang, "You steal my true love, and I steal yourn at our supper." We used to gather round and knock tin buckets and pans. We beat em like drums, some used they fingers, and some used sticks for to make the drums sounds, and somebody always blowed on quills. Quills was a roll of whistles made out in reeds or sometimes they made em out and bark. Every whistle in the row was a different tone, and you could play any kind of tune you wants, effin' you had a good row of quills. They sure did sound sweet. About the most fun we had was at corn shuckings, where they put the corn in long piles and called in the folkses from the plantation nigh round to shuck it. Sometimes four or five hundred head of niggers would be shucking corn at one time. When the corn all done been shuck, they'd drink the liquor the masters gave em, and then frolic and dance from sundown to sunup. We started shucking corn bout dinner-time, and tried to finish by sundown, so we could have the whole night for frolic. Some years we had go to ten or twelve corn shuckings in one year. We would sing and pray Easter Sunday, and on Easter Monday we frolicked and danced all day long. Christmas we allus had plenty good something to eat, and we all got together and had lots of fun. We runned up to the big ouse early Christmas morning and holler out, "'Mornin', Christmas gif.' Then they'd give us plenty of Sandy Claws, and we would go back to our cabins to have fun twill New Year's Day. We know Christmas was over and gone when New Year's Day came, kaysin' we got back to walk that day at a frolickin' all Christmas week. We didn't know nothin' bout games to play. We played with the white folks' chillins and watched Adderham, but most of the time we played in the crick that runned up through the pasture. Chillins was always skeered to go into the woods at a dark. Folks has done told us rawhead and bloody bones lived in the woods and get little chillins and eat em up effin' they go out in the woods at a dark. rockaby baby in the treetops was only a song I heard my ma sing to get her babies to sleep. "'Slave folkses sung most all the time, but we didn't think of what we sang much. "'We just got happy and started singin'. "'Sometimes we'd sing F and we felt sad and low down, "'but soon as we could, we'd go off where we could go to sleep and forget all about trouble.' "'James nodded his gray head with a wise look in his bright eyes. "'When you hear a nigger singin' sad songs, "'he's just case and he can't stop what he is doing long enough to go to sleep.' The laughter that greeted this Sally brought an answering grin to the wrinkled old face. Asked about marriage customs, James said. Folkses didn't make no big to-do over weddings like they do now. When slaves got married, they just laid down the broom on the floor and the couple giant hands and jumped backwards over the broomstick. I done seen em married that way many a time. Sometimes my master would fetch mistis down to the slave quarters to see a weddin', Ef the slaves gettin' married was house-servants. "'Sometimes they married on the back porch or in the back yard at the big house. "'But plantation niggers, what was field-hands, married in they own cabins. "'The bride and groom just wore plain clothes casin' they didn't have no more. "'When the young marsters and mistresses at the big house got married, "'they allowed the slaves to gather on the porch and peep through the windows at the weddin. Most and generally they would give the young couple a slave or two to take with them to they new home.' My master's chillins was too young to get married before the war was over. There was seven of them chillins. Four of them was gals. What sort of tales did they tell amongst the slaves about the north before the war? To tell the truth, they didn't talk much like they does now about them sort of things. None of our niggers ever runned away, and we didn't know nothin' about no north, twi long at freedom come. We visited round each other's cabins at night. I did hear tell about the patter-rollers. Folks's say ev'n they cotch niggers out at night, they give em what Paddy gave the drum. Just before freedom come, bout fifty Yankee soldiers come through our plantation, and told us that the bullwhips and cow hides was all dead and buried. Them soldiers just passed on in a hurry, and didn't stop for a meal, or vittles, or nothin'. We didn't talk much bout Mr. Abraham Lincoln, and during slavery time, casein' we were skeered of him after the war got started. I don't know nothin' bout Mister Jefferson Davis. I don't remember ever hearin' bout him. I has heard about Mister Booker Washington, and they do say he run a mighty good school for niggers. One morning, Master blowed the bugle his own self and called us all up to the big house yard. He told us, "You all just as free as I is. You are free from under the test, Master, but ye ain't free from labor. "'You got to labor and work hard even ye aims to live and eat." "'and have clothes to wear. "'You can stay here and walk for me, "'or you can go worms wherever you please. "'He said he'd pay us what was right, "'and, lady, hits the truth. "'They don't nary a nigger on our plantation "'leave our marster then. "'I worked on with master for forty years out of the war.' "'James had no fear of Ku Klutz. "'Right soon out of the war we saw plenty of Ku Klutzers, "'but they never bothered nobody on our plantation.' they allus seemed to be havin' heaps of fun. Course, they did have to straighten out some of them brash un' nigger bucks on some of the other farms round about. Most of the niggers, the coo-clutzers, got adder, was on no farm, but was just roaming round talkin' too much and makin' trouble. They had to take em in hand two or three times before some of them fool-free niggers could be larned to behave thyselves. But them coo klutzers kep on adder em, twillst they larned, they just got to be good, effin' they spec to stay around here. Hit was about forty years out of the war before many niggers gun to own their own land. They didn't know nothin' bout tendin' to money business when the war done ended, and it take em a long time to learn how to buy and sell and take care of what's they makes. James shook his head sadly. Ma'am, heaps of niggers ain't ne'er learned nothin' bout them things yet. A long time out of the war, I married Lizzie Yerby. I didn't give Liza no chance for the dress up. Just went and took her right out of the white folks' kitchen and married her at the church in her working clothes. We had thirteen chillins, but they ain't but two of em livin' now. Most our chillins died babies. And durin' slavery, Mistis took care of all the nigger babies born on our plantation and looked out their mamies, too. But out of freedom come, heap of nigger babies died out. James said he had two wives, both widows. I married my second wife thirty-seven years ago. To tell the truth, I don't rightly know how many grandchildrens I got. Case and I ain't seen some of them for thirty years. My childrens is off from here, and I wouldn't know to save my life whar they is or what they does. My sister and brothers, they is done dead out what ain't gone off. I don't know for sure war none of em is now. A sigh punctuated James's monologue, and his old face was shadowed by a look of fear. Now I gwine tell you the truth now that it's all over. I don't find life so good in my old age as it was in slavery time when I was chillin down on the Marsters' plantation. Then I didn't had to worry about war my clothes and my something to eat was comin from, or whar I was going to sleep. Marster took care of all that. Now I ain't able for to work and make a livin, and it's sure mighty hard on this old nigger. End of section 1